Welcome to Radio Imagination. This is an exploration of the life, work, and influence of the author Octavia E. Butler. I read about people and the different ways of being human. And you can't really do that unless you write about a lot of different kinds of people. She was a science fiction writer born in Pasadena, California. I think I had one choice. Well, two choices. I could become a writer or I could die really young. I'm Savannah Wood. This year, a decade after Butler's death, a group of artists and writers will explore her archives at the Huntington Library and bring you a series of performances, film screenings, and literary events, all produced by Clockshot, an arts organization in Los Angeles. Here's Tom Carroll, the creator of Tom Explores Los Angeles. Kindred is Octavia Butler's most popular novel. It was published in 1979, and the seed for it was planted at Pasadena City College, where Butler was a student. She once heard a classmate there describe how he was ashamed of older generations of African Americans for being subservient in the face of the indignities and violence of slavery. In her young life, Butler witnessed how her own mother was mistreated as a maid in wealthy households, but grew to understand that she put up with these things to survive. Instead of reacting in the moment to a callous comment made by her classmate, Butler used her fiction to explore the more subtle rebellions enslaved people fought on a daily basis. This exploration would become kindred. This fall, over 2,000 students will read Butler's novel as a part of the One Book, One College initiative at Pasadena City College. My name is uh, Dr. Christopher West. I am honored to serve on the faculty at Pasadena City College. We're here today talking about one woman. Who is this woman we're talking about today? Octavia E. Butler, uh, an extraordinary alumnus of Pasadena City College and a science fiction writer of, uh, of extraordinary talent and depth and breadth. One of the things that I helped to coordinate is the Jackie Robinson Art and Humanities Lecture Series. It's been my honor to do that over the past five years. And part of why I think that the lecture series is important is to my mission at the institution is to try to remind it of the range of extraordinary voices that it always has had at the institution. Why Octavia E. Butler to me is extraordinarily important is because here is an individual who made choices to, in a written format, affirm herself. Like She was constantly in her writing saying, this is what I'm going to be. This is who I am. This is what is important to me. This is what I will do in this lifestyle. And that I will write in a way that is going to... Um, it's not even brought in the boundaries of science fiction. And then I have to go personal and anecdotal. I'm a sci-fi nerd. And so personally, Octavia Butler for me is just, I heard Kindred years ago and just fell in love with it because it just was an extraordinary book. So when I got to the campus and we have a section on the website around the history of African-American alumni, I went, Octavia Butler came what? was here, like on this campus, get the frack out. I mean, I just, frack is a word from Battlestar Galactica. I mean, so I can tell I am the, the total uh, nerd. Um, but to think that she was here and that we had something to do with her, um, how she developed and how she grew, it's just, um, I just find that extraordinary. 2,500 entering students are gonna read Kindred. It's, 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 um, beyond humbling that those students are getting a chance to experience and engage Octavia Butler through the written word. It's appropriate. 
I think Butler was lucky enough to, as an 11-year-old, know what she wanted to do and knew how to actualize it. But that's very rare. So how do you take a student who may not know where they want to be in 10 years and apply Butler's sort of focus? My lived experience as a faculty is that students know where they want to be. They will say, well, I think I want to. And I'm like, tell me where you want to be in five years. Well, I think I want to. I'm like, okay, I'll sit here for two hours with you. But I already know that you know where you want to be. I want to transfer to USC and be an architect. And it just comes out. And I'm like, so why didn't I hear that two hours ago? Because I didn't want to say it. Because I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of success long-term versus short-term gratification which is are you it's not about are you willing to do the work it's are you willing to fail and then get up and go again how hard do you want to hold on to that dream how much of that dream mean to you are you willing to live with it even in the midst of i got no money i'm broke i got four more years of doing this stuff and i don't know if i have the patience to be able to do it Butler has this written record that says she did all of that and still persisted. And to me, the way that she persisted was she kept reminding herself, this is where I'm going to be. That's the part I think is critical. She kept reminding herself, this is where I'm going to be. That's my vision. That's my goal. That's where I'm going to end up. And so it's extraordinarily to read the end product of that. But it's also the, her first piece of writing is going to happen here at Pasadena City College. Her working through her craft is going to happen here at Pasadena City College. So it means that you, in the work of that third semester of courses where you can't figure out why I'm here, the I'm going to submit this one literary piece and it's going to be accepted, those are all building blocks along the road. And so to be able to see somebody else's building block and that they also were in the same institution you were at, I think was what makes it so extraordinary. If you've only read one book by Octavia Butler, it's probably Kindred. Why is that? Butler's a sci-fi writer and Kindred is fantasy. Contributor Tom Carroll and I sat down to untangle what makes this book so popular. I'm Savannah Wood. You're Tom Carroll. I'm Tom Carroll. Yeah. We're talking about Kindred, which is um, the first book that I ever read by Octavia Butler. Also the first book that I ever read by Octavia Butler. Why do you think that is? The Pasadena City College Library only has three of her books. Okay. One of which was Kindred, and I think uh, Parable of the Sower, and then Bloodchild. And I don't know. That's it? That's it. Wow. Okay. Her alma mater. Um, so I just started reading Kindred. Why did you start with Kindred? Um, a friend of mine gave it to me and Blood Child. And then, I don't know, somehow Kindred just opened first. But those were the two books that was recommended to me. And so I've been recommending those two books because I thought they were a good entry point since then. But it was it was like, it was a hard read. Not Not in terms of the pages turning, but just in terms of like the emotional labor of reading the book and like the visceral reactions of my brain and body when I was reading it. 
Okay, so we didn't even talk about what the book's about. So if somebody hasn't read it before, yeah, give like... <laughs> give us give us kindred in in uh, three sentences. Three sentences. No, <laughs> a woman from nineteen seventy something finds herself transported to antebellum times in Maryland um, from California, and she discovers that she is uh, on a plantation and. She's sent there to essentially ensure that she becomes born. So she's there protecting her slave-owning ancestors so that her lineage can continue. And she gets pulled back over and over without any any way to control it. I don't know. (laughs) That's pretty good, right? Yeah. But then she's like dealing with all the 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 shit that comes with the stuff that comes with um, you know being on a plantation as a black woman and learning about um, the way that she has to act and the ways in which she has to behave and defer to people in order to survive, in order to live and to fulfill her mission. Essentially, it gets uh, the narrative gets very tangled very quickly with how she has to act and react. Yeah sort of mitigate these situations right i mean one of the scenes that i think is really interesting is when she's she comes back to her apartment in the present day which is mid 1970s and she and her white husband are looking through all of these historical books um to learn about black history so they can have a better understanding of the time that she's being transported to you know so she can learn the tools that she needs to know in order to survive because she she recognizes when she goes back there how how essentially like soft she is, you know, how, she, how many things she doesn't know about navigating through forests or how to get from one place to another without roads or, you know, when was when were railroads constructed again? You know, all these little details um, that become really important pieces of knowledge for her to survive. We were talking before we hit record uh, and you had mentioned that Kindred is Butler's most autobiographical Oh, yeah. Novel. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, she talked about that um, in a few interviews. But one thing that I found in the archive that was really interesting is uh, a series of notes that she has about doing research at the Maryland Historical Society and looking for details um, into daily life of enslaved people in that area. And so she finds some information about how they washed clothes and she gets really excited about it because she finally found some detail that connects with a humanity or like a daily minute action that can really bring you into a story. So she calls her mother and tells her this and her mom says something really off the cuff of just like, oh yeah, I remember my mom and grandma used to wash clothes like that. And then Butler ends the note by saying, I just didn't realize, I knew that I was writing this to understand my history better, but I didn't realize how quickly it would become so personal because, you know, she has a direct relationship with these women. And then also Dana, the the, oh, yeah. the main character, she works. Yeah. Uh, describe the jobs that she has in 1970s. Yeah, the main character, um, the way that she meets her husband in the book is by being at basically like a temp agency and she's been doing all of these weird odd jobs that she just does to pay the rent because she's also a writer. And so she wakes up at the, the character wakes up at two in the morning to write, but then goes to these minute, not minute, these um, sort of mind numbing jobs, potato chip sorter, you know, and Butler which says, which is a job she actually had. Yeah. She hey. says, this is a job that I actually had. I had all of these terrible little jobs, which is how Dana got all of these terrible little jobs. And Butler was really waking up at two in the morning every day to write and to work on her craft um, before, 
heading out to be, <laughs> I don't know, this little robot in a... So Butler is identified as a sci-fi writer, mm-hmm. but you ask any sci-fi nerd and they'll say that technically Kindred isn't sci-fi. Yeah. What, is that, what does that mean about Butler's legacy or Butler's writings? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't read a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've struggled with a little bit, Kindred was, you know, I, I read, I think I read Kindred more quickly than anything else. Yeah. I got, I think, about 80 pages into Wild Seed, and then the book was overdue. I returned it. I've tried, I've, I've just started reading Parable of the Sower again mm-hmm. after a, one false start. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just some sort of dissident break for me with sci-fi. Mm. And it's not that it isn't well-crafted or interesting, but it's just not my world. Yeah. Something that, th- things that I've read. Um, and that's nothing against her writing or her ability. That's just, per- I, I, yeah, don't, sure. I don't know what it is. It just, that's just the way it's broken down. Um, I would almost argue that Parable of the Sower is fantasy, not sci-fi also, you know? I guess she, she talks about with Parable of the Sower that she wanted things that could actually happen. Yeah. That there's no real mystical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, she didn't want to use magic in it. But people love Parable of the Sower, too. I, know. I feel like the two books yeah, people talk true. about most are Kindred and Parable of the Sower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, sci-fi is in its own realm. A lot of people don't feel that they can access it for whatever reason. They can't suspend disbelief or I don't know. Um Yeah, those are the two most read books, I would say. To date, none of Butler's work has ever been adapted into a visual medium. That'll change in early 2017 with a graphic novel adaptation of Kindred by Damian Duffy and John Jennings. In this segment, I talk with illustrator John Jennings about the process of bringing this project to life. My name is John Jennings. I am a professor of media and cultural studies at the University of California, Riverside. But I'm also a comic book maker. You know, I make comics, I write comics, and I, and I you know, do research on race and comics. And you're also the illustrator of the forthcoming graphic novel, Kindred. That is totally true, which I totally <laughs> didn't mention, right? I'm also the illustrator of the forthcoming graphic novel, Kindred, adaptation of Kindred. You know, it's totally true. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So this book has really stood the test of time, Kindred has. Um, and I'm wondering, in your adaptation of it, what are your hopes for it as a, as a graphic novel? What kind of audiences do you hope that it'll reach um, as a graphic novel that maybe it wouldn't as Octavia Butler's novel or... Um, what do you think it'll do differently for readers of her work? The one thing is that I'm still shocked that people are, are, are still stumbling across her work, you know, that she has, has not still gotten the accolades that she deserves for being such an amazing creator and activist and, and, and what have you. And I think that for Damien and myself, um, that one of the things that we hope is that our our, our book, our graphic novel, actually um, helps point people into her direction, you know, as a writer and actually introduce, you know, Octavia Butler to a wider audience, a younger audiences, to, to, to audiences who um, maybe not even would, would read a, a, a science fiction uh, novel because they don't see themselves reflected in that, that, um, that space, right? Um, <clears throat> so 
we want to definitely actually get across uh, the fact that this woman was just an amazing pioneer and that in some way we, we hope that the, the graphic novel will open up uh, that world to a lot of readers, you know, and, and empower people in a particular way. And um, as far as like the graphic novel itself, you know, it was a, it was a tricky piece. I mean, I've talked to Damien um, a lot about this. I mean, he felt so bad, like just cutting work, cutting words down, you know, trying to edit things and trying to, like, what do you show and what do you tell with the book? You know, that kind of thing, because graphic novels are a very different uh, medium. Um, a lot of times you're showing instead of telling, you know. So how do you get across things that symbolically she's speaking about, but you do it, you know, more concretely and visually, right? So those are the those are the, the different like you know balances that Damien and I were working on while we we're pulling pulling this together as a as a team, you know. But yeah, so those, so I'm thinking that uh, number one, introducing um, her work to a broader audiences audience, and also maybe introducing people to just how. Uh, graphic design, excuse me, uh, graphic novels tell stories differently as a medium, you know, because I think a lot of people still conflate um, comics with superheroes, obviously, because they're so popular. And it's unfortunate that a, that, a, that a genre dominates the medium because of just it being in everybody's face. People still think, oh, comics, oh, Superman. There is something interesting about the way that she writes where oftentimes there seems to be a slow reveal of the main character's race, where it's not something that's brought up initially in mm -hmm. uh, in her writing and so mm -hmm. i wonder you know in in a graphic novel you don't have the luxury of revealing that over time no um, no it's so very much i wonder a, how that like, changes um the reading of the main characters in some of these books comics you know they they have a different i mean they're about showing things mm -hmm. you know and it's, you do have like a few comics like a, well, a couple comics that i could think of from the 90s where you have this big reveal about a character's race and with like spawn and like shadowhawk from like image comics it was a mm. big deal so wait a minute spawn's a black dude whoa you know yeah when you first read kindred what was your reaction to it oh man uh when i first read kindred which was i don't even remember when i first read it probably like i said it was like after college or grad school you know so um i really had never read something like it before it was it was it was extremely emotional i think i mean i feel a lot of people think of like you know kindred as a, oh it's science fiction and it's fantasy but you know she actually talks about it as a dark fantasy or yeah. or uh you know or, or like grim just, fantasy it, yeah grim fantasy is, is a term she is yeah and so it's um you know it's it's a very weighty uh emotional book you know and so imagine actually having to draw all of that that's something else that's really mm. uh it's a heavy thing to have to draw that over and over again you know mm -hmm. and to try to like give shape to what i think is a type of horror you know i think i look at it as what i call the ethnographic it's a it's a term that i've been bandying about as a theory about like how um you know gothic horror is a way to deal with like particular types of generational traumas you know because she was getting it she was trying to get at like how um shadow slavery has has affected our country and still affects our country and it's a it's kind of a specter that haunts us you know and so that's kind of uh what she gets across and I, and I think the first time i read it it was i had a very visceral relationship with it i think honestly mm -hmm. um <laughs> i think that when i first read it i never wanted to read it again yeah <laughs> ironically <laughs> and i think i i think i read kindred and listened to Kend i think i've at least listened to kindred maybe six times oh, wow. on audiobook yeah. and i think i've read it at least maybe three or four times now since the book has, but I listened to it more so. Sometimes I'd actually have it on while I was drawing, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted it to be 
I wanted to actually have the feeling of it imprinted into the, the work in a way, you know? That's Savannah Wood talking with illustrator John Jennings, who has produced a graphic novel of Butler's work, Kindred. It comes out in January 2017. Radio Imagination is an exploration of the life, work, and influence of Octavia E. Butler. It's all being produced by Clock Shop, a nonprofit organization that works at the intersection of culture, politics, and urban space in Los Angeles. At clockshop.org, you can see a full list of our live events around Los Angeles and videos of Octavia Butler and the people who knew her. You can also sign up for an email newsletter and get updates on the project. December 4th, Octavia Butler's Pasadena, a tour. Check out clockshop.org for more info. I'm Tom Carroll. Thanks for listening.